1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 10. If you're thinking, this service is going to be different than normal, you're right. Okay, sermon at the beginning. 1 Samuel 3, I'm going to start at verse 1, and we'll focus really in on verses 9 and especially 10. This is the story of Samuel. The boy... The young boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes had become so weak he could barely see, he didn't have a lot of vision, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of the, where, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. This sounds like my house last night. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, And went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. How much time do you spend listening? How often do you stop and breathe and listen? Well, I was in Hawaii. I got bored towards the end of the trip and was like, I need to find something to do. And there happened to be a golf tournament going on. And I was like, I've never been to a golf tournament. This would be fun. So I went online, found a ticket, and went about 10 minutes away from where we were staying. And I got to see some of the best golfers in the whole world play in Maui. And it was awesome. And you know why it was awesome? Because at our condo, we had 16 kids, I believe, under 13 years of age. And at the golf tournament, all they did was this. Even the clapping was soft, right? Oh, that's a great, great shot. It was fan. It was the best four hours of my entire trip, all right? Not, not true, not true. See, there's so much noise. I don't know about you, but I know about me. There's a lot of noise in my life. Is there a lot of noise in your life? Uh, my life is noisy. My job is noisy. My home is noisy. My own head. Anybody got a noisy head? 
Like you can't go to bed at night because you just got things running around in your head. I was staring at the ceiling until no joke, two in the morning this morning going, I don't, I don't even know if I know how to preach anymore. What am I going to do? Right? Like staring at the ceiling. See, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. God's voice was rare. And, and, and I don't know about you, but it sounds and seems like to me that God's voice might be rare in our culture, in our day and age too. And it might be because it's so noisy. They couldn't hear and they couldn't see. It says the the word of the Lord was rare and there was also a lack of vision because they couldn't hear. They couldn't see. It sounds familiar. If you've read the news, if you've watched TV, if you've checked Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. This is not just the story of Samuel. This is our story. The word of the Lord in our day and age, it's rare and there is a lack of vision. And because of this, in this day and age, the Lord comes to this young and humble and naive little child who still believed, he still believed that the voice of the Lord could be heard. Yet He didn't have all those distractions in his head yet. And so God comes to him and he says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel awakes and he thinks it's Eli's voice. So he goes to, he goes to Eli. Hey, Eli, what do you want? What do you want? Go back to bed, boy, right? This Eli says, well, I didn't call you. Second time he hears this voice, Samuel, Samuel. He thinks it's Eli's voice again. This happens three times. And Eli finally realizes on the third time, oh, something must be going on. It must be God speaking. And the reason he didn't realize it until the fourth time, because the voice of the God of God was what? It was rare. So the voice of God was rare, but on the fourth time. You can just imagine. Can you imagine being Samuel, little kid? Put yourself in little kid's shoes. Think about Christmas, Christmas, day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. Put yourself back in there. Say, let's say we're seven years old again. Everybody in the room, seven years old. Christmas Eve, and you can hear your parents wrapping the presents last second, right? And you're staring at the ceiling and you're listening for everything. Maybe a clue. Maybe I can find out what they're wrapping out there. Now, can you imagine if God had spoken to you? Can you imagine being this little boy, Samuel? He was probably not sleeping, right, by this time. He was probably doing what we would already have been doing as well. We would have been intently listening, staring out, going, is God really going to talk to me? Is the word of God going to come to me tonight? And as he's listening, sure enough, the voice of the Lord whispers to him, Samuel, Samuel. And he responds, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This is our theme verse for the year. This is our posture for the entire year of 2018. Because I don't know about you, but I see a world where people want their voices heard, but nobody seems to be listening. So our posture as a church this year is going to be a posture of listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And, And as I was away and as I was thinking and dreaming about this, I thought, what, what, what if, what if we do that? What if we embrace the 
the little child Samuel and we say, that is us. What if this tiny, naive, insignificant town in Montana of all places, what if this little tiny church said, we're going to really be serious and intent on hearing, listening for the voice of God. And so the last two weeks, we've had the privilege of having two of our folks lead us in two specific ways that we're going to listen for the voice of God. Two weeks ago, you got to hear Alan Johnson speak on the Bible, when the Bible comes to life for you. And I just want to thank you, Alan. You did a fantastic job. Anybody was here? Alan did a great job. Give him a round of applause. Alan did a fantastic job. He talked to us um, about his trip to Israel and, and how the Bible became alive for him when he was there. It wasn't, it wasn't just a story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. It was that he was actually standing up on Mount Carmel, being there where Elijah was, looking out and seeing all that was out there and seeing what happened when the prophets of Baal and God went toe to toe. The Bible came to life when he stood on the steps that Jesus had stood on himself. It wasn't no longer something far away. It wasn't just words on a page. The Bible came to life. And I don't think we need to travel to Israel for the Bible to come to life for us this year. I think that the Bible needs to come to life for us this year. It needs to speak to us. I have this conversation with a lot of y'all. And um, and it goes something like this. Brian, I want to hear the voice of God. And I say something like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> And, and there's several responses. Well, you know, the Bible's hard. The Bible's confusing. I just don't get the Bible. I don't, I don't have a lot of time. Well, listen, it is the written word of God. Every time you open this book, God is speaking. The verse that Alan talked about was written in a letter to a young man named Timothy and it said, the Bible is alive. It's living and active in your life. It's breathed of God. And so every time you open this book, it's not just letters on a page. It is the very breath of God speaking to your life. And so we're, I know this sounds silly because like we're a church. We should be serious about the Bible, right? But we're going to get serious about the Bible this year. We're going to spend a pile of time in the Bible this year. And, and um, we've got some resources that I really want to point you to. Throughout the year, we're going to continue to point you to some resources. So in a really practical way, the written word of God, I posted this uh, on Facebook. Um, you can go to, and write this down, write this down, you haven't done it yet, right? Um, Bible.com, not the Bible, just Bible.com, okay? The Bible is like a weird one, I don't even, it's like weird. Anyway, um, Bible.com, it'll bring you to this page, and then if you hit, click on plans, it'll go to this page. And this, we'll go back, go back, go back one. Yep. Okay. If you click on plans, it'll go to this page. And on here are thousands of Bible reading plans. Some of them are topical. Some of them are read through the Bible in a year. Some of y'all should read through the Bible this year, right? Maybe you've never done it. You thought, I want to do that this year. You should do it this year. We're serious about the Bible at Big Sky Christian Fellowship. You're part of that family. Let's get serious and read the Bible this year. Uh, there's plans there for reading through a specific book of the Bible. There's plans there for reading through, um, 
uh, uh, like just the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, there's tons of resources on there, literally thousands of resources on there. And then while you're there, you can sign up for an app. And if you don't have this on your phone already, yep, go there. See that little icon? That can be on your phone for free. There's no, no add-ins. You don't pay for anything even after you buy it. You just get it, right? And it's got the Bible on there, and it, you can integrate your plans from that website into the Bible app. We did this yesterday morning with my kids. We have a family devotional plan we're doing. And so there was a Bible reading in it. And then it was a video that my kids actually watched and engaged with. It was fantastic uh, with a funny little short story that taught them something uh, on their on their level. So we don't have any excuses, all right? This is a fantastic resource, Bible.com. Go to it, download that app. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Secondly, I want to just say this. Um, get a study Bible. Get a study Bible this year. Just get get yourself a really nice Bible. Listen, um, I, I have some idea of how much you spend on skis, okay? <laughs> And they're skis, all right? They get you down the mountain. And some of them are really nice. And they get you down the mountain faster or cooler. But, like, they're skis, right? And if you spent maybe a quarter, oh, not even an eighth of what you spent on your skis, you could get the nicest Bible ever, okay? So I just want to encourage you. I want to throw these out to you. You can come look at these afterwards. This is an NIV study Bible. Yes, it's heavy. And yes, you could knock somebody out with it. I would not encourage that. But um, it's filled with notes. So if you go, you know what? You're one of those people that go, I think the Bible is confusing. Hey, you can read Psalm 50. And underneath it, it talks about all the things that are confusing in it. And it says, this is why it's confusing. And this is maybe uh, an idea or a thought or some sort of scholastic um Study on how this can be understood correctly, right? So I would say invest. You can get one of these for less than a hundred bucks. Uh, Amazon checked it out. I think for fifty bucks you can get a fantastic one of these um, versions. And I would say ESV, NASB are pretty literal translations. So if you ever played that translation game, if you ever actually gone to a Bible bookstore or something, and you've seen the wall of Bibles, anybody been there? And you're like, whoa, too many Bibles. Oh, Bible overload, right? Um, make it easy. ESV is the English standard standard version. NASB, I don't know what that stands for. Something. Um, New American Standard Bible. Well done. Somebody got it. I heard it. Um, these are pretty literal translations, so they're not super, they're not meant to be super like readable, um, but they're very accurate to the original Greek and Hebrew. So if you're a scholastic type and you're like, I'm a little more nerdy, um, and I want like the word words that are in there, go for one of those versions. If you want a little more readable translation, I would put to you the, the NIV, the New International Version. Uh, it's the version that I use the most. It's the one I teach out of. Uh, it's kind of in the middle somewhere of readable, um, but not like super, um, it's, it's not too scholastic, right? It's just kind of a nice, happy medium. And so I like the New International Version. Uh, and then there's lastly the Message Translation. I use this for just pure like devotionals, especially for the Psalms. This was a translation written by Eugene Peterson. He's a Montana boy, and so we like that already. Um, but he wrote this, uh, and I would call this a devotional translation. So you've got a literal translation, a readable translation, and a devotional translation. 
pick. I don't care. Just get one. Okay. And bring it to church with you and be like, I got a Bible, Pastor Brian. Okay. I might even do the who got a Bible next week just to see who got a Bible. And if you do, you might get like a sticker or a t-shirt or some junk that we got to get rid of. Okay. So um, bring a Bible, get a Bible, get a Bible, get a Bible. Listen, you and I invest in so many other things in our life. We do. And, and, and I would just challenge us all to, to invest just a little bit in the living and active word of God. Got it? You with me? Okay, we'll also do some weekly Bible studies. Um, I don't have a start date for this yet, um, but I'm going to be leading a weekly Bible study this year. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it'll be just getting together and really digging into the Bible. And I will have more information for you on that in the next couple of weeks. And we will really dig into the Word of God. We're going to have some women's Bible studies. Amber Miller's working on that. Uh, we will have some men's Bible studies. We'll have some life groups that we want to have a heavy Bible emphasis. So if you're a life group leader or you want to lead a life group, we really want to encourage you to be Bible-driven this year. Cool? Number two, prayer. Got to hear from Todd Meredith last week. And Todd, it was awesome. I listened to it this week. Who heard Todd? It was good, huh? It was really good, yes. I was like, I, I listened to the podcast and, and I talked to him this week. And I heard clapping at the end of the sermon. And I was like, dude, they don't clap for me at the end of the sermon, bro. <laughs> Must have been a good one. No, it, <laughs> it was great. Um, and the thing about it is, is that Todd didn't talk exclusively about prayer a whole lot. Like if you go back and you listen to it on iTunes, um, you're not going to hear him talk extensively about like, here's my prayer routine, but here's what I heard him saying a lot of, and, and you heard this too. God told me to do this, right? I mean, his end story last year was, or at the, at the end of last week was, God told me to quit my job. And he told me, I got you. Right? See, prayer is a conversation. And so even though he wasn't using the word prayer, what Todd was explaining to you last week was prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's an intimate conversation with God. And it only comes through committed intentionality to grow in that conversation, right? It's not going to happen on accident. So the question for us this year is, will we commit to the conversation, right? Um, Think about it this way. Let's say you could sit down for lunch with Anybody from history this week, they even they came back to life or they're currently alive, could be a celebrity, could be a historical person. You got somebody in mind, somebody you'd love to have lunch with at all bees this week, right? Now imagine that that person's assistant called you and said, hey, when and where would you would you like to have this meeting with this person? And you said, um, well, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I'd really like to. Um, but like, I got a lot going on this week. So like, I could maybe fit them in like really late in the evening once I get everything done that's really important to me. Um, and, and they would say, okay. And then, and then you would say, and so I, and I can't really nail down when right now. Could I just like call them an hour ahead of time and let them know, hey, I'm, let's meet up, right? You wouldn't deal with it that way. And you wouldn't say, well, where do you want to meet? Well, I don't know. It just kind of depends on 
on what I'm doing. Maybe they could just come over to my house and I could be in my pajamas and, and we could... T- you wouldn't do that, would you? You would schedule it. You would say, man, here's where I'm going to be and here's when I'm going to be. And guess what? I'll probably be even a little bit prepared for that meeting. Because if you're meeting with the one person that you'd always wanted to meet with throughout all of history, I bet you'd have some questions for that person, would you not? Now listen to me. The creator of the universe wants to have a conversation with you sometime this week. The creator of the universe who knows you better than you wants to talk to you this week. He wants to sit with you and love you and whisper great words of encouragement and challenge to you. He has infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom. He holds in the palm of his hand all things and he wants to meet with you. So will you commit to this? Will you commit to this? If we will commit to the Bible and if we will commit to prayer, I think God's going to do some amazing things, some two tangibles um, for prayer. Number one, a prayer journal. I bought a new one in Hawaii, right there, okay? And you're like, I'm not the journaling type. I'm also not the Etsy type, Pastor Brian. Okay. Um, I get it. I get it. Some, uh, I'll explain to you. I'll explain Etsy to you later. I got it. I got you, John. I'll explain Etsy to you later. It's all. You don't need to know. Okay. Um, this is my prayer journal for the year. And this is my way of saying I'm going to be intentional this year. Because I'm going to be able to look back on this year and either this thing's going to be full or it's going to be empty. I'm either going to need to buy a new one or I'm not going to need to buy a new one. And what I encourage you to do in this simple little prayer journal is to take it with you. When you schedule that time and that meeting place with God each and every week, hopefully each and every day, that you would write down some thoughts, some prayer requests, some things that are going on in your life, some things that are going on in other people's life. Every single week we share in this congregation prayer needs. And I would encourage you to bring this with you and to write those needs down and to be praying for those people each week. We as a staff, every single Tuesday morning, we get together. We pull out what we have of prayer journals and we put them together and we pray for every single thing that was mentioned on Sunday. And I'm telling you, we've been able to really see some amazing things happen. So commit to this. Get a prayer journal. Secondly, um, We're going to form a prayer team this year. And Michelle Donaldson and Rick Donaldson are going to be working on this. What they're going to be setting up um, is a prayer chain for people to kind of be in the know. So if you don't keep things in your journal, um, she'll be able to keep you up to date on the things that are public. We won't, we won't like, um, post anything or, or uh, violate any privacy issues, right? Um, but we want to be a church that's praying. And so we want to form this team that prays over the needs of every single week that we hear and prays over our events and prays over our worship and prays over uh, just the different things that are going on in our church. So if you want to connect with that, please talk to Michelle Donaldson. She'll be back next week. Or you can connect with um, Suzanne, myself, or Amber. You can send us an email and we'll connect you with Michelle this week. We want to commit to praying for one another on another level. And that's going to chart our whole year. The Bible and prayer. 
So um, we're going to be just talking about listening for the voice of God. We're going to start this series called Misquoted next week. And it's about things that are not in the Bible. Because what's not in the Bible is just as important as what is in the Bible, correct? And so we're going to talk about what's not in the Bible. After that, leading up to Easter, we're going to be having a time where we talk about the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think it's going to be a very powerful very powerful um, series for us, leading us up to Easter. After that, we're going to have eight passages worth memorizing. We're going to go back to Sunday school, and we're going to memorize Scripture together. They're going to be super easy, and you're going to be like, I know that verse. Jesus wept. It was super easy. I remember it, okay? (laughs) And then we'll go into the summer, and we'll have a summer of prayers in the Bible, the prayers of Mary, the prayers of Elijah, prayers in the Old Testament, prayers in the New Testament, prayers from kids, prayers from women, from men, prayers from all different people in the Bible, and we will spend a summer learning learning how to pray from them. And on and on we'll go. You get the pattern, correct? Bible prayer, Bible prayer, Bible prayer all year long. And here's what I think is going to happen if we commit to this. I think we're going to hear the voice of God. Like when Samuel was laying there and he was, he was looking up and he was just like, speak, speak. Like in his head, he was, you could, I'm sure he was like, speak, speak. I'm listening, speak. I'm listening, speak. When God's people cry out to him, when they just want to hear his voice, he wants to speak to them. But many of us don't take the time. Many of us, I would include myself in this, we just, our lives are so loud, our lives are so busy that we just don't stop. We don't just quiet ourselves to listen for the whisper of God. And I believe if we do this, we are going to hear the whisper of God. And it all starts right now. Because we're not one of those churches that just talks about um, talks about it. We're one of those churches that does it. And so um, we're going to enter into a time of worship here for the rest of the service. And the way the way that this is going to go is that the worship team is going to come up and we're going to sing some songs. We're going to read some scripture. We're going to pray some prayers together. And I'll try to MC the whole thing a little bit. Okay, we'll get through it. Um, we'll be taking communion towards the end of the service. So prepare your hearts for that. And we're just going to enter into a time of actively listening for the voice of God. Sound good? Okay. So let's, let's just pray. Heavenly Father. Uh, just like that little boy, we, we look expectantly up at the ceiling. And Jesus, we can't wait to hear your voice. God, we admit that our lives are noisy and busy and loud, and oftentimes we've done that to ourselves. And so, God, we want to come back to a place where we wait upon you, where we are patient upon you, where we, where we long for you. Jesus, we want, we want to hear you so, so bad. We as a church are crying out to you that, 
that you would speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And now as we enter into this time of worship, God, would you speak through your word? Would you speak through the prayers? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.